All right, baby, live from Studio 6B on a Tuesday, one week to go to the midterm elections. Glad you're in. Lots to do tonight. Rick Delgado's got a big what even is that? One of my new favorite segments here on the show. That's coming up top of hour two. Mr. Delgado, how are you? I am well, and how are you, my friend? Uh, very good, very good. Uh, looking forward to your what even is that tonight. Um, do you want to hint at what the topic is, is tonight, it, or uh, it, do you want to keep it a big secret? No, I'm going to hint that it's a, a it's a story that has gripped our nation, and it should. Okay. <laughs> the shortage of diesel in the Northeast, it could be. It could be a lot of could things. Be anything. All right, we'll, could, we'll look forward to that. a couple old guys wrestling around <laughs> in their underwear. Could be. <laughs> you know, see, Paul Nolan goes right to the... Right to it. Well, right I'm... to where it possibly could be. Uh, well, Mr. Nolan, how are you? I'm good. I, I, I don't like the fact you come to me second now. I tell you how quickly I've dropped in the ratings. So I'm like Joe Biden, Biden in the uh, in, in the Trafalgar poll. Tomorrow night I'll be coming to you in the uh, sports segment. All right. Uh, Slick Rick. <laughs> Speaking of sports, did you, man, did you see some of the trades in the, in the NFL today, Slick Rick? Holy cow. Yep. My Cowboys didn't do anything, but there were some good trades. The Bears. I've got well, they don't fantastic. need to. Oh, they could have used a little, little you know, move there. I would have liked to see a little action, but I think right. they need a DT. Yeah, definitely. They need I mean, something in the middle. I, I mean, I saw the, too. I saw the, um, I saw the headline <laughs> that the Steelers and the Bears <clears throat> were trying to put something together for Chase Claypool, and I was just wondering, has a team ever traded the entire team for one player? Like Chase, <laughs> Chase Claypool is going to have to stand on a field by himself and yeah, forfeit right. the rest of the games. <laughs> Uh, to trade trade the whole team for him if you're the Bears. Who are they? Who? What did they trade? Picks. Oh, I can't wait to hear that trade because yeah, I don't know that what team they is could... poised though. You know what's going on with them, right? They've got a glut of first, second, third round picks over the next two years, and they're out of cap hell next year. And they have a hundred million in cap money to spend. I mean, they've this was a great move. They got a nice haul for Roquan Smith, who's a really good middle linebacker. And he said it is up yeah. and downs in his career, but they got a lot back for him. Yep. And he was in a they had no contract on him. I think that I think the Bears are poised yeah. uh, to rebuild in the next two years. And after they lost oh. to Dallas, they probably figured let's let's make this move now. We're not making a run this year, obviously. So I mean, he's a nice. Re- obviously, he's a nice receiver. So that's a, just another piece to the puzzle. I just kind of chuckled because I thought maybe they have to give the whole team to the Pittsburgh Steelers, but I guess not. All right, so Slick Rick will bring us up to date on all the trades in the NFL. What's going on? Philly, uh, Philly and Houston will play tonight, Game Three. I know that postponed last night from rain. They'll play tonight as well. Lots to do. Um, so I'm going to be a little selfish tonight and focus a little bit on what's going on in New York. Those of you who follow us on social media saw me today. I was pretty active today as I was tracking down polls and seeing what was going on as we're seven days out, obviously, to the most important night of, well, maybe our lives here to at least save the country, especially here in New York. For those of us who have to live in this state and maybe possibly see some hope on the horizon to get some normalcy back into the state. I mean, we've done it before here, obviously, you know, Rudy in the city and even Pataki and some other people. I mean, look like um, Reagan and, you know, compared to uh, what's going on in the last couple of years, the last and especially these last four to eight years with Cuomo and, and Hochul and Zeldin today, according to the Trafalgar group, pulls ahead. Pulls ahead 48, 47 right now. And so I was doing some digging, looking at some of these polls. And it came across Robert Holden. Well, who's Robert Holden? Well, Robert Holden is a Democratic councilman 
in New York. He specifically want to know what he is. He is the Democratic member of the city council representing representing Glendale, Maspeth, Middle Village, and Ridgewood in Queens. And he wrote an op-ed today for the New York Post entitled, Lee Zeldin will provide the leadership New York is missing from Kathy Hochul. This is the Democratic City Council president. And he says, if you're brave enough to ride the subway, you might have noticed the recruiting ads for Norfolk, Virginia police officers. Even a small city like Norfolk is confident they can entice New York uh, New York PD officers to leave the city. You would think the governor of the Empire State would be insulted, but when asked during the debate why New York leads the country and residents fleeing, she refused to answer the question all night long. When Kathy Hochul does answer a question, she only screams abortion or Trump, abortion, Trump, in the hopes that magical forces are going to rescue her campaign. I've been a Democrat my whole life, but this election I'm voting for Lee Zeldin for governor of New York. Our quality of life has significantly deteriorated under Hochul. Without a change in this election, we're going to get more of the same and our problems will spiral beyond anyone's control in the state. For decades, I have voted for Democrats. I am a Democrat because they were the best party for working class New Yorkers. As a union member, I believed in the Democratic Party's vision uh, that working families need support. Now. Those same families are constantly in harm's way of this party. They're heavily taxed with deteriorating services, especially on our subways. Transit crime is up 41%. Fees and runaway inflation reduce the real income of these New Yorkers. A problem gonna be made worse by Kathy Hochul's uh, congestion pricing scheme. Kathy Hochul is MIA on crime in New York. And I'm not the only Democrat who feels this way says city councilman Robert Holden. Zeldin and I met recently with dozens of South Asian business owners at a gas station that has been robbed several times. These owners are mostly immigrants who regularly donate to Democrats. Now they are putting up hundreds, if not thousands of Zeldin signs across the state and donating to his campaign. Why? Because their businesses are under constant threat of violence in New York City. Governor Hochul refuses to even acknowledge that crime is a problem in New York. It's a conspiracy theory. Yes. We'll get to that. Incredulously, during the debate, she said to Lee Zeldin, I don't know why locking up criminals is so important to you, quote unquote. Hochul supports the disastrous bail reform laws, which release criminals into our streets and incentivize prosecutors to avoid... Uh, to avoid charging lawbreakers. Zeldin has pledged to fire District Attorney Alvin Bragg on day one. Bragg has refused to enforce New York City laws, a violation of his oath of office. It's not just public safety that has me voting for Lee Zeldin. It's the economy and the environment as well. Hochul is exacerbating inflation by imposing a congestion pricing tax on drivers who enter Manhattan. Not only is this disastrous for the New York economy, but according to Hochul, uh, her own environmental study, her plan will impose a massive environmental burden on the South Bronx due to all the cars being diverted through this neighborhood. The South Bronx already has high levels of poverty and pollution. I thought Democrats were supposed to care about environmental justice and marginalized communities. Hochul does not care about any migrants 
She cares so much that New York could become a home to 100,000 migrants within a year. Hochul admitted she hasn't even called the governor of Texas to discuss the issue. She must see open borders as a net gain for New York, which is why migrant flights land in Orange County and Westchester in the middle of the night without notifying any authorities. Back to normal, he says. There is no leadership in the governor's mansion. And he goes on to talk about why Lee Zeldin is going to be uh, his guy. And he says, join me in voting for Lee Zeldin. Together, we can try to get this state back to normal. Nice. Slick wow. Rick, I'm going to come to you first. This is a guy you know very well and, and Lee Zeldin, the people around him. Obviously, you know politics in New York, being a Chamber of Commerce president for the last 25 years. Yep. Um, this is a Democrat city council member coming out today in an op-ed in the New York Post saying that he's he's socking it in on Zeldin. What do you think? I think that specifically the moderate Democrats, I think they're going to move towards Zeldin. They've had enough with the crime. We've you know documented this ad nauseum on this show with all that's going on in New York, all the shortcomings we have. And I think uh, I think people are moving over to Lee. They want to go back to New York City, enjoy a safe environment, be able to take their families there. And uh, you know, also the vaccinations, what went on with all the school boards along all the different school districts, specifically here on Long Island. That nonsense has got to stop. I think a lot of people are fed up on the sidelines, Big D. And I like Lee. I remember meeting him when he was first running back for New York State Senate uh, probably 15 years ago. And he says, Rick, you guys got to help us out with the chamber. And we were glad to get behind Lee. He's never failed us. I sat on his business advisory committee for about eight years. Uh, so Lee is great people. I've seen him behind the scenes. He walks the walk. He talks the talk. I'm behind Lee 100%. And I hope anybody here listening that got to vote in New York, vote for Lee and set us free. Kathy Hochul, uh, in this governor's race, according to Trafalgar, that's, that's, that's nice, Slick Rick. I like that one. Uh, Lee Zeldin, 48.4%. Kathy Hochul, 47.6%. That's this morning, according to Trafalgar, who, as we know, is one of the more... Um, you know, on it, polls. Uh, Paul Nolan, I'll come to you next. What do you think about this? Well, the Trafalgar poll is one of the few that I put credence in. You guys know how jaded I am when it comes to a lot of these polls. I still can't see how she's even getting 40 percent but this tells you this speaks to the ideology of people and the dogmas that we possess and our cognitive dissonance we just we these people will they they lock themselves in a, a, a team a color the blue the even the red you know and they absolutely don't look at the human being or the policy lee zeldin from what i see so far is a blue collar guy and we've seen how the parties have flipped right right the party the right is no longer, this is not some like religious right wing extreme. The moderate right is now called extremist, right? And that's, and the moderate right now is just people want to be left alone, want a constitutional America, want to love their country. But they're way more open to, to the normalizing of, of things that aren't the religious right that pushed it far. They're not pro kill them all, love it or leave it, murder them like, you know, you know, like this, like the Vietnam to the, you know, through the 80s and into, uh, you know, the desert storms, right? This is a much more moderate version. This, and they're still calling anybody who's interested in individualism, anybody who's interested in, in, in being left alone, anybody who's interested in religion and family, they're still calling these people who are just humble, decent, hardworking people, really, which was the middle class working Democrat, now just wants to be left, like the moderate is now so afraid to come to the right because they've been the, the relentless assault on your senses that anybody who wants individualism and liberty 
is an extremist. So um, the the whole line has shifted so far right left that anybody who calls this guy like a Zeldin or anybody, even even MGT for that matter, extremist or the the uh, woman in Italy. It's again, it's just an it's an endless mind f, and they are constantly assaulting us with language and 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 hyper. I can't use that word anymore. It's been stricken <laughs> from. Can say it. But this is a this. I, I I just can't imagine anybody not voting for Lee Zeldin at this point, just simply because he's not going to mask your kids. He's he's not going to force people to take vaccinations and drugs, the pharmaceutical companies that are unaccountable. You know, he's not going to infringe on your individual liberty. And I just can't imagine how 47 of the people are still so entrenched after the poorest of the poor have been beaten down even further than ever with this trickle-down economics is really what it is. And And his deputy governor, Allison Esposito, fire! New York City Police Deputy Inspector, she's great. We need that. All right, we'll get Delgado's thoughts when we get back. Lee Zeldin within striking distance, but given the Democrats' registering advantage in New York, we still gotta, we've still got to turn out. Got to turn out. All right, live from Studio 6B. We're back right after this. On a Tuesday night, November 1st, seven days away from Save This Country. By the way, I know, you know, everybody thinks we're going to do good, but um, we got we to we play like we're behind, man. We got to get out like we're behind. We got to get out like they're going to they're gonna own every drop box. They're going to uh, steal every... Yeah. We got to get out like it's just like it's... Uh, we're down 30 in the fourth quarter. That's what we got to get out with, that kind of energy. Yeah, that's the concern, right? I mean, we saw just what... I mean, look, the evidence already in... Brazil, I mean, these globalists, deep state, I mean, these, the power they possess is, it, 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 I mean, the, the, they're revolting all across Brazil. I mean, they're shutting down roads. I mean, every, like the majority of people there cannot believe that this leftist World Economic Forum puppet, the man of the year of the World Economic Forum, the guy who's so old you can see his barcode across his head actually won that election you know i mean i, I mean it, <laughs> so, <laughs> I <don't know. laughs> he's got one of those qr codes on him <laughs> so i don't know man i'm just so concerned that they're going to get away with it again and and everybody who says it's you know it's an election denier you know like I Hillary think there's Clinton. an article on just the news poll. Speaking of that, <clears throat> I think they, um, I don't know if it was Pennsylvania. Somebody got a win today from the, I think the Supreme Court. I don't know, I might be wrong about that, about drop boxes. Check just the news. I think I saw it flash by on our social media. Um, I'll tell you, to your point, Paul, in the last segment, before I get to Delgado and his thoughts on the Zeldin piece, but uh, to your point in the last segment, you talked about moderates. Did you see the Joe Rogan clip that he, um, 
when he projected a red wave saying that it was going to be like the elevator opening into the, uh, <laughs> yeah. what was it? What movie? The, it was from uh, The Shining. The Shining? <laughs> the elevator well, opens and it's just blood. So he makes this comment. But the more interesting part about the clip than his comment about he thinks it's going to be a red wave like the elevator opening to The Shining and people have just had it with this party is the girl, whoever he was sp speaking to, I, I did not recognize her. Maybe I should have, but I didn't recognize her, told a story to him after he got done saying that she had a friend in, I forget if she said it lived in Florida, lived somewhere, but it was just, I mean, straight liberal, I mean, as progressive liberal as you can be. And she said, I recently saw her and she said that she's voting for DeSantis and she's voting Republican down the line. And she looked at her and she said, what? And she said, they've lost me. And she said to Joe Rogan, she said, Joe, I'm telling you, if there's more people like my friend, I'm sitting there listening to her going, how do you lose her? How did you lose her? <laughs> yeah. If you lost her, who would just straight across the board vote Democrat without even thinking about it, you've lost everybody. Right. One of those lipstick liberals who like run over seven homeless guys just to spray paint uh, someone's fur coat. I mean, that's the way she, yeah, that's One the way of those types was wacko. Shh. She's dropping she bread said, crumbs if you've to lost the poor her, people. How, how do you lose her, she says. How do you lose her? That's how progressive she was. That This was never even something that would have been up for debate. Well, now it's up for debate. So, I mean, and this is what I've said. And again, I mean, it's one person, but... Uh, everybody's got everybody's got a point where they say, I don't, it doesn't matter what I've done in the past. This, this, this is not, this is no, this is not acceptable on any level. Not my life, not my pocketbook, not my expenses, not my rent, not my gas, not my energy, not my food. None of it is acceptable to me. It's just not, this, this is not, it's just not. So, yeah. um, it has to Delgado, do with what did you think of that? It has to do with, it hits them personally. Once it finally hits them personally, that's when you lose them. And I'm sorry, but between the crime and the inflation and, and the nonsense with the border and the lies, the, the, the patently false, like, in-your-face lying to you, even, even the ones who are the apologists, who are, you know, clutching the pearls and screaming at the sky, even they have their point. Like you said, we're just like, ah, I can't do it anymore. <laughs> I can't. All right. It's insane. And I think yeah. that's what we've reached here in New York, where, and I heard this, I think I heard it from uh, one of the people on The Five, a show that I rarely watch anyway, but Good I just was popping by. And it was said that Kathy Hochul is now behind Lee Zeldin by a point or, or a half a point or what have you, right? But they attributed that, and the complaints were coming from Democrats, that she is, Kathy Hochul is dragging down other Democrats across the state. Wow. So that speaks volumes to, you know, how it's touching people all over the state, and what a terrible person she is to run for office, because she wasn't elected, she was selected. I, I have a question, guys, um, and for the audience as well, because they're so great with providing good stuff. Um, is it? Is it, do I remember it being kind of a fact that almost all polls have a 2% bias against Republicans um, almost every single... What's that, Jay? I'm sorry. Oh, um, I think it's actually more. Is it more? I, I thought it was like between, a scientific... Like closer to seven. 
Like, it's heavily weighted. So if we're seeing if we're seeing a one point lead, it could realistically be an eight point lead. Is that actually is that actually accurate? Is that that's how I that think? Si- well, me, I think they're fifteen percent off, but <laughs> I don't. No one cares what I think. So, I mean, we just we just don't. I mean, we just don't I know. I thought David Zia said that out. once. There was an actual like a scientific. Well, they number. always they always under they always under poll Republicans in most of these things. Maybe not Trafalgar as much, but most of them do. And I and I told you that article. I we we covered it about a week ago. You can't even start thinking about believing these polls till. Well, now you can. I mean, within 30 days, because before that, it's just nonsense. So, all right, let's do some quick sports here. Uh, and that's with Slick Rick, Rick Emirati at Slick Rick Sports. Sports is brought to you by our friend Mike Lindell, MyPillow. LFS6B is the code. What's going on, Slick Rick? Well, let's get out to Citizens Bank Park, Philadelphia. We got a big game, World Series Game 3 tonight, rescheduled from last night's rainout. And what do you know? Bryce Harper just pumped one out, 402 feet to right. And the Phillies, just like that, they're up 2-0 in the bottom of the first inning. So we'll be tracking the Philly. They must be going crazy in Motown, Philly, having a good time there. 2-0, and again, bottom of the first inning. Let's see, we got time for a quick story here. Yes. So uh, let's stick with the World Series. We got time for a story, Slick Rick. No problem. We got time for a recap of the odds. We got plenty of time. Whatever you want to go to first. All right. If we want to get back to the odds makers, being here to bring that up. All right. Let's talk about that. Five grand more down the river. What do you want? I never expected Cincinnati to not show up last night. They didn't even get off the bus, much less the plane. And the Browns bury the Bengals on Halloween 32-13. I think the I think the over-under was 45, so I guess the house won last night. 47 too. for me, but okay, you, well, that was almost the you. worst beat you can have. Damon's puddle of tears is drying up. Yeah, I know. I oh, see that. Sure yeah, is. Well, that was his Kleenex last night. Cleveland's Nick Chubb, 101 yards. My eyes yards. looking good. <laughs> <laughs> and two touchdowns. The remember hot tub's seven, almost full with remember tears. Remember the 70s commercial with the Indian? That's who I look like in that thing. Oh, yeah. Remember that with the litter? I remember that. That was unbelievable. And QB Jacoby Brissett, also for Cleveland, 278 yards and a touchdown. Cleveland improves to 3-5. and five, And the Bungles, well, they level off at 4-4. Four and four. So, tough game last night for Joey Burrow. He had 200. And uh, it was 280 something last night. He did a pretty good game, too, but not uh, not good enough. And uh, so that's a scoop on that, Big D. And uh, let's see, we're going to have a quick one story. Let's talk about amazing coincidence about Philly's World Series run goes viral. This is from uh, Larry Brown Sports, Daryl Albert. This year's World Series is probably feeling a little groundhog, like a little groundhog day for the Philadelphia Phillies. The Phillies were scheduled to host Game 3 of the World Series against the Astros Monday, but the game was postponed Tuesday due to rain weather. Uh, the rain out. Continued a crazy coincidence for Philadelphia in the World Series, as shared by the Athletics' Matthew Gelb. Uh, during their World Series runs in 93, 2008, and 2009, the Phillies hosted a Game 3 that was delayed by rain. That's weird. While Monday's rainout was the first of those ga- times that the game had to be outright postponed due to weather, uh, it is uh, especially so since 93, 2008, and 2009 were the Phillies' three most recent World Series trips before this year, and they didn't have home field advantage for any of them, resulting in them hosting Game 3. For those looking for history to potentially repeat itself, the Phillies lost the 93 series and 2009, but won 2008, so they're in a good position uh, to break back to 500, and right now they're up 2 nothing on that Bryce Harper jack to uh, right at 402 feet, so we'll keep track of that, Big D, but it's back to you. Geo's counting it down. <laughs> All right, Slick Rick, thanks very much. We'll do some more sports when we get back, plus we'll do some news. Remember that story I told you about the um, Northeast heating home oil and diesel problem? Well, I have an update for you. It's not good. Live from Studio 6B on a Tuesday.
Live from Studio 6B on a Tuesday night. It's Real America's Voice. Glad you're in. Glad the chat's in on over there on Getter. Of course, follow us on all our social media. I'm seeing who's in there now. All the uh, usual suspects all fired up over there. It's good to see. Uh, make sure you share the show, like the show, do your thing there so we can, uh, well, we're going to try to get to 12,000 tonight. We're off to a slow start, but Slick Rick, your shoes may have to stay where they are, but we'll see. Yeah. So um, make sure you follow the podcast, most importantly, on iTunes or Google Podcasts or Spotify or Stitcher or wherever you follow podcasts. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast so you get it each and every night when we upload the show. You'll get the podcast version. If you missed it or you just want to listen to the audio, uh, you can do that. Um, so of all the places Biden could, oh, by the way, Rick Delgado, did you have anything more to say on Zeldin? I feel like I didn't give you enough time to comment on that, um, uh, democratic city council member who wrote that for the New York post today. Anything else on that that interests you or the Joe Rogan, uh, story about the girl who said, man, if you've lost my friend, you, you, you've lost everybody. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I think on the Rogan thing, it's, it's pretty, it, it's pretty obvious that, that let's face it when, when. When Hulkle said last week during the debate with Zeldin that, um, and she made it a point of going, he wants to bring someone in who's pro-life. Yeah. I mean, anybody who, do, who, anybody who doesn't listen to that, seg, uh, that, that part or even the part about crime, I don't know why he wants people, it's so important for you to lock people up. Um, I, I, you're, you're, you're just not, you're just not living in the real world. You must be, you, you must be living in some Candyland fantasy where you ride unicorns all day and eat pixie dust to stay alive. Because most people do want criminals in jail, and uh, you know, they're pretty good with being alive and pro-life and you know, uh, anti-death. So, you know, well, but you we, also, yourself- we also know. We also know there's a huge voting block of New York, Anti-death. obviously, that is um, doesn't think of it in those terms. They just listen to their party and what? Oh yes, okay, like droning on like seal, like program seals. Oh no, it's healthcare. It's healthcare. It's right. not the life and death. It's not a. Ba- it's healthcare. It's healthcare. You know. So the problem is there's too many people in New York who think like well. The people that they vote for. Right. And just because they have a D next to their name, the people that you're describing are the people that will vote for Hochul and will vote for Fetterman. Those are the people. Do you really do you really want those people making decisions for your life? No. Even even people who are, are registered Democrats, like like the, the woman described to Rogan, are thinking, yeah, I don't think I want this. Yeah. You know? Yeah. They've seen it up close. They've lived it, you know? I mean, when you see things like, you know, eat or heat trending, hashtag eat or heat trending, boy, I mean, that's just no good. I mean, this inflation is killing us. Yeah. Uh, Before we move on from the Lee Zeldin, let's just play uh, cut six, Jay, because, again, this is, I I mean, I, I, you know, I just don't know how you can't read the room or understand who you're speaking to in the time that you're saying these things, given where we are than this, but uh, but no, here, here she is, cut six, roll that. Governor, these are master manipulators. They have this conspiracy no, just, just hold it for one second. <laughs> if, if, you're, if you're a politician and you're thinking, okay, we're coming down the stretch here, I wanna get to try to get to as many people as possible, how do you end up on Reverend Al's show? Let me, let me just, I mean, what is it? You're trying to get to the 12 people who are watching, like MSNBC on the weekend? What, Reverend- what's the strategy here? He looks like claymation right about now. Yeah, he does look. What happened out. to him? Yeah. I'll tell you something, though. I've heard a couple of sound bites from him in the last couple of weeks about crime. 
he he's he has made more sense in the last couple. I'll tell you this: he makes more sense on crime than she does. Maybe that's why she's on here because he needs to school her on what really is going on in New York and how New Yorkers really feel about it. Because he has made some comments in the last couple of weeks about her and her tone deafness to to crime in New York and 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 how it really is affecting people. He's made a lot more sense than a lot of Democrats I've heard in the last two weeks. I'll tell you that. And I don't know if that's why she went on here to clear the air or to to lay her position down. But it didn't go too well if that's what she was doing. But I just don't get the strategy of going to where there's, you know, 100 people watching. But go ahead, G. Governor, these are master manipulators. They have this conspiracy going all across America to try and convince people that in Democratic states they're not as safe. Well, guess what? They're also not only election deniers, they're data deniers. The data shows that shootings and murders are down in our state by 15% in New York City, down 20% on Long Island where Lee Zeldin comes from. Okay, so, I mean, again, I just... I don't even know how to comment on that statement. It's the same thing she did in the debate. Remember when she said she didn't need the numbers? Right. Yeah, she said she didn't need the numbers. But again, it's the point of that's not the only crime that's going on. Even if we take her at her word, which we're not, but even if we were to, gun violence is down 10% in New York. Okay, that's not the only. How many stories do we read every single day that that it's involved gun violence in New York? Stabbings, uh, yes, shootings, uh, people getting pushed onto the. I mean, there's all kinds of violence going on. The gang violence of people just getting beat up in groups of mobs of kids because they know they're not going to get. How about this? Everybody's catalytic converters are getting ripped off. Guy in my office, two houses down, catalytic converter got ripped off in the middle of the night. They caught the guy, and he's out, just like that. Now, this guy's got no call. He got the catalytic converter. And no, it's, it's, what do you mean? There's lawlessness everywhere. Everywhere. Lawlessness everywhere. And she's going to go out. She goes on and says it's a, conspir- it's a conspiracy <laughs> theory. The crime is up. In, and not only she doesn't say New York, she says in blue-run cities. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone's like, shut up. <laughs> Stay out of my state. Yeah. <laughs> Don't say Philadelphia. David Perot's like, shut the roof up. Stay out of me. I mean, point, I mean, can you point to one blue city that crime is not out of control? That's, that's oh, why we're in these rates. Chicago. Yeah. Chicago. Wait, but, no, trick no. or treat. You know uh, what? But this, this is also because this is the way they're approaching it of turning the blind eye. Um, this is why you're seeing all of a sudden, what was it today? I think, I think, or was it yesterday where the, uh, Republican, uh, national committee is now throwing hundreds of thousands of dollars into races in congressional districts that were never even close for Republicans. And now all of a sudden they see, Hey, you know what? We can win this. So they're not going to throw the money there if they don't think they can win. And it's because of people like Hochul, who goes on MSNBC. Now, she's got her she's got her base, right? She's got the Democrat base. You would think, okay, I need to expand this. Let me go after independence. Where can I find independence? Reverend Al on MSNBC. That's where I'll find independence because that's where all the independent thinkers are. After that, we stop by The View. Yes. (laughs) Because I need middle America to support me. I mean, it's it's kind of bad. Young Turks available. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah, I mean, it's just a baffling choice, I, almost as baffling, but not quite as much as Biden today. What now, did he do? I, I know nobody wants to, I know nobody wants to be seen with him and you can't blame anybody for that. Where did he go? Campaign but the White in House, Cuba? 
<laughs> no, he went to Chuck E. Cheese. You needed to sniff kids. <laughs> no, the White House today said, let's send Biden to the one race that is that is absolutely DOA, and that's Charlie Crist of Florida. No way. <laughs> Biden spent the day in Florida. Putting a squeeze on. This way he should be. Retired. On a beach uh, yeah. shuffleboard. Yes. I think he was shopping for a condo. his diaper every three hours. He's down there tonight. By the way, I see that um, DeSantis' media girl, Christina uh, Pushaw, who's great, just tweeted out, while campaigning for Charlie Chris in Miami-Dade County tonight, Joe Biden claims he went to to college at an HBCU. Are you serious? Historically black institution, Delaware State University. He did not. He went to University of Delaware. (laughs) Delaware. (laughs) Even I know where he went to college, and I'm not him. Did he mean he drove by one? (laughs) So he went to an HBCU and he let he talked and met the guy who he met and talked to the guy who created uh, insulin back in I think oh, 1934. Yeah. Someone said, "Yeah, yeah, the guy who Biden, died in 1941." Biden was so off the rails today. I can't <laughs> wait to get to Crazy Town. I haven't seen it yet, but I did see clips of Biden today. He was so all over the place today. Uh, my favorite, Debbie Wasserman Schultz, was down there in Florida today. She had to give the um, audience oxygen to make sure that they were still alive. You know, like you go to a casino and they got the oxygen <laughs> pumping and you're always like, <laughs> they should have held this machine. They should have held this thing today at a casino because that's the only way people yeah. would have been up and alive. And giving people cocktails of like uh, Red Bull and Thorazine. <laughs> yeah. She's like, uh, come on, everybody. Are you out there? I know you're out there. We got a little life in this party. All right. Get the paddles. <laughs> Clear. <laughs> Before she introduced him. Yeah. So that was Debbie Wasserman Schultz, who still to me always looks like she just got out of the pool. But um, anyways. <laughs> um, right. Oh, no. Biden was so off the rail. I mean, just so off the rails. Off the rails today. And he's so he goes up there to thank Debbie Wasserman Schultz. And of course, he says, oh, I had no closer, uh, no closer friend that ever I have than Debbie Wasserman Schultz in the Senate. <laughs> Well, she was never. She was never in. This. Oh God! <laughs> I don't know. So uh, yeah. So Biden spent the day in Florida campaigning for uh, well Charlie Chris, who's going to lose probably by twenty. Well, didn't the polls recently say it was pretty even down there? Like the no uh, 15, 15. Every almost every poll has him down by about fifty. Oh, I could have sworn there was one goofy left wing poll that was well, everyone scoffing at it, but I, it was like the Huff Poe poll. Oh, it's even. You know, all right. <laughs> No, I mean, I, I, maybe I, I didn't see it if there is, but I saw the governor put out his final campaign ad today. Cut 11, G, roll that.
That's a uh, Ron and Don. Yeah. I mean, that's just great stuff. I mean, that's just great thinking. It's great production. It's great. Uh, you know, that storyboard. What are we going to do here? Let's just, yeah. I mean, that's just great stuff. It's yeah, a great the, closing message. Not that he really needs it. You know, I did I, uh, see people. But that's I did see. Uh, yeah, and I and I saw people questioning him coming to New York. What's he doing coming to New York? You see, he, he's giving up what could be a twenty point lead to come to talk about Lee Zeldin. And I'm thinking to myself, well, he's more of a benefit on the road than than Biden is to anybody, or Obama is to anybody, or any of these guys are to anybody. I mean, would you rather have uh, who would you rather have up here for Lee Zeldin? Fat Krispy Kreme uh, Chris Christie? <laughs> no, give me the governor of Florida. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So. And, and especially with there, the friend. with the connections that uh, New York and Florida have, obviously, you know, between yeah. the people that, you know, <clears throat> visit there uh, constantly, have family there. It's 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 New York South, basically. Yeah, that's a I mean, that's you a great what? ad. And uh, go ahead, Paul. I just ask Quick. people. I just try to if anybody's on the fence, I just it's a question I've asked for a long time. When you're about to vote. When you're voting for that person, do you feel like that person is going to be your servant or your master? That's all you need to think about when you step up to the polls. And I don't care what side of the aisle you're on. It is it going? Are they going to be your servant or your master? All right, live from Studio Six B, sports and news coming up on a Tuesday. Glad you're with us. voice remember we're going to be off on thursday the president will have a big rally on thursday he'll have one saturday he'll have one sunday and he'll have one monday the day before the election will be off that night as well for the president's rally both of them are at eight o'clock so we'll be off but karen and ed and the whole gang will be taking you through rally coverage i might even jump in and uh to one of them as well maybe thursday night i might join ed and karen for a segment or two to talk about the rally and what's coming up on tuesday so make sure you lock it in for uh, rally coverage. Four big ones coming up Thursday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. Then, of course, election night coverage on Tuesday, wire-to-wire coverage as much as possible. Uh, we'll be doing something for live from Studio 6B on our social media, but we'll also be jumping into the Real America's Voice coverage, which is going to be fantastic on uh, Tuesday night. So uh, lots to look forward to. A busy seven days. <coughs> Cannot take a breath until Wednesday morning. And even then, as we've talked about, that's when some of the real work will start, too, if we get the result we want. Um, what's this Republican-controlled House and Senate, if we get that? What's it going to look like? What's leadership look like? What's the rules going to look like? Are we actually going to do what we say? Uh, so we'll start addressing that again come next Wednesday. But let's get to Tuesday right now. Um, all right. Let's do some sports and hear what that is. Slick Rick Sports is brought to you by our friend Mike Lindell and MyPillow, mypillow.com slash LFS6B. I haven't even checked with the, well, now it's November. So, I mean, now we're making the eight-week stretch for the holidays. So, this is where people, and this is where you got to get your stuff. Uh, LFS6B is the code at checkout. Great stuff from Lindell, whatever you want. And remember, your money-back guarantee now goes through March 2023. If you don't like it, send it back. Your money back. So, great stuff from Lindell. What's going on, Slick Rick? 
All right, World Series game three in Philly, and the Phillies are up four zip here in the bottom of the second, commanding lead at uh, Citizens Bank Park, and they're looking really good. The Phillies, big day. The series is tied one-one, looking to take a uh, you know two-to-one lead, and uh, game four is tomorrow night. And I heard Jill Biden is going to be at the game, so that ought to be a thrill. Uh, we're, we're gonna, we got a story about uh, Joe Biden speaking out about the Phillies coming up a little bit later. But four zip, that's your update there. Just moving around a little bit. Islanders right now just underway in Chicago. No score. There, uh, Kings and Stars underway just shortly ago too. No score. And uh, earlier tonight, Flyers and Rangers end of two. No score. Good game in the Garden. And the Senators over the Lightning, two one down in Tampa. That's at the end of two. Also end of two. Capitals over the Golden Knights, two to one. Canadians Wild, no score. And Bruins Penguins Bruins up two to one. Boy, defensive games all around the NHL tonight. NBA action. Nets and Bulls, fifty eight fifty two. The Nets are up. After the firing coach Steve Nash earlier today. That game at the half. And the Heat over the Warriors, 58-56, also at the half. And uh, some sad news in the sports world uh, earlier this evening. Former 49ers executive John and Giants coach John McVay passed away at the age of 91. This is an AP report. This was from around about 7 o'clock this evening, Eastern Time. John McVay, the executive who helped launch the San Francisco 49ers dynasty and grandfather of Los Angeles Rams coach Sean McVay, has died. He was 91. The 49ers announced Tuesday that McVeigh had died. They did not give a cause of death. I, I think he had dementia or Alzheimer's. I know he wasn't doing well. I had read a story over the summer. But McVeigh spent 22 seasons with the Niners, starting in 79. Wow, that's just when they came under what they became in the early 80s. He played an integral role along with the great coach Bill Walsh in building one of the league's greatest dynasties that won five Super Bowl titles in a span of 14 seasons. McVeigh was inducted into the 49ers Hall of Fame in 2013, and the team dedicated this draft room as the John McVeigh draft room in his honor in 2016. McVeigh originally joined the Niners in 79 with Walsh as director of player personnel. They brought in players like Ronnie Light, Joe Montana, Jerry Rice, Steve Young. You might have heard of those names. Great household Hall of Famers. And uh, McVeigh was also the Giants coach for that famous miracle at the Meadowlands. Well, we remember that story when Joe Pasarczyk fumbled the ball. Herm Edwards picked it up when they easily could have took a kneel down. Paul Nolan remembers that game. Yep. That was unbelievable. So that kind of Infamous, but boy, when you're with the Niners with that kind of that kind of track record, the greatest, probably arguably the greatest uh, franchise ever at that time, and just an incredible run there. So, hey, how about um, how about this horrible story uh, Zimmer? With, from Zimmer Zimmer today? Yeah, Mike Zimmer's son. Yeah, thirty eight, thirty eight. Another thirty eight. I, mean, I mean, how many times this year have we said died suddenly? Died suddenly. It's like yeah. the new. Uh, yeah, well, sudden with adult death syndrome. Yeah, no cause given. Yeah. No cause yet. Well, yeah, of course, no cause given. Jeez, I wonder. Right, I, I wonder just, too. I mean, I don't want to jump to conclusion. I mean, I can't look. do this on every person. But, you know, I saw someone. You know what would be nice? And I saw someone talk about this today. Instead of everybody just jumping immediately to the first question you see, everybody, oh, is he vaxxed? Yeah. You know, it, it's not like there haven't been cardiac arrests, uh, obviously. But someone said, you know, it'd be nice to have a baseline number of what the what the typical cardiac arrests are um, for the different age groups for call it a two-year period of time what's the baseline number and then compare that to all of these you know what's going on the last two years and all of the well just died suddenly died suddenly like what really what is the disparity what is the disparity between what's a normal two-year I think Slick, I mean, I think Delgado and I have talked about this in the past. I, I think the studies and the numbers are out there that 
the it's almost hockey stick like um spike in it in fact my friend of mine who you know i know from the country golf club um very very uh successful insurance guy um he owns a huge firm uh, salt of the earth guy he uh he, he and by the way he's vaxxed he said that um the amount of claims that they're dealing with right now death claims is is staggering like staggering like he's never seen it and he's like 65 years old and he, yeah, he he regrets taking the the booster as well. No doubt. Yeah. Well, well, Damon, just real quick, I did a quick internet search. I don't know how accurate this is going to be, but it says in the year before the pandemic, there were one hundred forty three thousand seven hundred eighty seven heart attack deaths. Within the first year of the pandemic, that number had increased fourteen percent. That was within the first year. Um, according right, to we this, but from we Cedar didn't get a vaccine Sinai, the end, end yeah, of right, the first, right. Right, we, we, right, from Cedar Sinide, COVID nineteen surges linked to spike in heart attacks, and this from the Hopkins uh, Johns Hopkins Medicine um, News Group. Uh, chest pain, shortness of breath, palpitations persist after COVID nineteen. Are they heart related? Uh, heart problems linked to COVID nineteen. And right, again, we're disease. seeing, and we're and we're seeing people. We know that. Yeah, but we're seeing people get COVID nineteen or being diagnosed with it after they've had the vaccine that's supposed to make sure you don't get it, you're not going to die, and you don't spread it. And we found out all those three are false. Now we did see the amount of athletes. Now the latest report was a little over a thousand pro athletes, high school and college. Now. A dead in this year alone is that what we saw in the from the age of like twenty to thirty five in that range? Yeah, there's that there's that age range of young it's men. Just an, really an astronomical summarized. number of you know high school collegiate and pro athletes. Yeah, we, I mean we see the story after story after story after story, and you see Wolenski's got COVID again for the third time in like three weeks. She's got nine shots, fourteen boosters, and I mean she's got it three four times here in the last month. I mean it's just it's just it's just crazy that they're still pushing the same nonsense after everything that's right before our eyes that they refuse to see. It's just crazy. So, yeah. all right, we took some time away from sports, Slick Rick. Sorry, but I wanted to get to that Zimmer story because I didn't know if you had it, but I did see that this morning, and I just was just couldn't believe it. Unbelievable. Yeah, we were on so, much time, but we had, of course, we have the draft, big D, a couple of good deals. Uh, Lions deal, Pro Bowl tight end TJ Hawkinson to rival Vikings and swap of draft picks. Bears acquire Chase Claypool, we mentioned that earlier, from Steelers for a second rounder, not bad. And Dolphins acquire uh, Bradley Chubb for first round pick, Chase Edmonds. So that's, that's some good deals made today. Um, what about the, uh, let's see, Falcons dealt away Calvin Ridley to the Jaguars. Uh, that, I guess, they got rid of baggage, and well, we'll see what he does with Trevor Lawrence. That might be a, a good connection if he can get himself back from that suspension with the gambling it's a whole story with ridley but uh good good stuff around the draft and that's a wrap in sports i know we got to wrap it speaking of gambling speaking of gambling i'll tell you right now the uh, most accurate polling going into this election i posted on our getter page today and that is the current odds for all of these races which i'll go over when we get back for hour two that is the most accurate way to know what the true feeling is on these races. See what the Vegas odds makers say about it. Because they're very rarely off.
All right, hour two, live from Studio 6B on a Tuesday night. Glad you're in. Paul Nolan's been doing some news. Rick uh, Emirati's doing sports. Rick Delgado has got, uh, what even is that, coming up here in a second. So I was talking about going to the, before we went to the break, <laughs> that, um, doing the you know, take what you will on these polls, this polling. One of the more accurate ways, I think, to look at where we are right now is to look at what they're saying in Vegas, where people are actually putting their money. Because do, people do put money on these races yep. to bet who they think is going to win. They're never wrong until Trump, really. So here, and Paul, you'll appreciate this. So here right now is are some of the current odds for some of the um, Senate races. Uh, in Colorado, Michael Bennett, the Democrat, is minus 1250 over Joe O'Day, who, of course, is the uh, dummy who said that he would campaign against President Trump. And of course, President Trump came out and bashed him. So there you go. Uh, in Iowa, Chuck Grassley is minus 2,500 to beat Michael Franken. That means you have to bet $2,500 to win 100 on Chuck Grassley. That's how big a favorite the Vegas odds makers have him. In Nevada, Adam Laxalt is minus 350 over uh, Cortez Mastro, meaning you have to bet 350 to make 100 on Adam Laxalt. In Georgia, Raphael Warnock is plus 110, Herschel Walker minus 150. So wow. Herschel Walker is the favorite right now in Georgia. You have to bet 150 to, to win 100 on Herschel. Uh, North Carolina, Ted Budd is minus 1,500, effectively calling that race basically over. That's a huge, huge favorite. Uh, in Ohio, J.D. Vance is minus 800 over wow. that loser Tim Ryan. In the Vegas sports books this morning, Holy JD hell. Vance minus eight hundred, and after Liz Cheney came out and said she wouldn't vote for him, she would vote for the Democrat, <laughs> this idiot. He's probably minus sixteen hundred now. Oh, she didn't sway the vote. Stocks are going up. She, oh, in, she uh, did sway the vote, just the wrong way. Yeah, right. In Pennsylvania, Doctor Oz is minus two hundred. He's a two to one favorite to beat uh, Fetterman. Oh, that's because of all the rigging they can do. In Arizona, Mark Kelly is minus 140 over Blake Masters, who is even money. So Mark Kelly right now is still the favorite. Thank you, Mitch McConnell, to win in Arizona, although I don't, I don't know. If I had to question one of these, that's the one I would question. Uh, Florida, Marco Rubio is minus 4,000 over wow. Val Demings. <laughs> um, so you're saying New there's Hampshire, a chance. New Hampshire, Maggie Hassan is minus 300. So Maggie Hassan, again, thank you, Mitch McConnell, still the favorite over Don Bolduck. Now, there's some places who have that race closer. And in Wisconsin, Ron Johnson's minus 1,000 over Mandela Barnes, who, I mean, I don't even know how it's that close. Um, so I think that's probably a much more accurate picture of where we are in these races than some of these polls. Without a doubt, where the odds talks. Are. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Where the yeah. odds are in Vegas. So, and you know what? Uh, we'll real, real quick before you change uh, topics or, or gears, uh, just remember what the Joe Rogan girl said. Uh, her friend, who is a lifelong Democrat progressive, is gonna is gonna vote up and down the ballot. So yeah. I don't understand how Carrie Lake has a huge lead, but Blake Masters is trailing. Um, I I think I think we're gonna see. I think we're gonna be in for a nice surprise in Arizona. All right, it's time now for one of my new favorite segments here on the show, and that, of course, is Rick Delgado with What Even Is That? All right, Damon. Well, thank you. And uh, as always, I would love to uh, actually do my segment, but I forgot to change the uh, the TV screen. <laughs> 
So do you not want to do it? Do you not want to do it right now? I, I, it would be impossible for me to do it right now, as a matter of fact. Okay. <laughs> well, we could continue to look at the odds for um, the Senate races. But, I mean, all joking aside, I think I think the looking at the, where the money is in Vegas is probably a much more accurate picture of where these races are because um, they're not giving away free money in Vegas. And if right. these races weren't what they thought and the odds on who's the favorite to win wasn't as close as what they think and whatever they do to factor these uh, these odds, right. uh, they, they wouldn't be available for the public to bet because they're not giving – free money away in vegas so no and again you know i referenced something paul said it i think it was about two weeks ago when he he said you know what we're here you know he was describing how he his take on this whole thing and he's like it just just like uh with sports he's like uh, i'm i'm uh how'd you describe yourself an odds maker is that is, Handicap. That's handicap. what it was. You know, Handicapper, because that's exactly what you're talking about when you yeah. reference Vegas, is that they're handicapping these things. They're looking at everything. They're like, all right. Uh, they're not giving you know. away their money. Right. They're not setting a bad line where they're going to give away their money. And that's what I've always like, you know, said to people when I'm handicapping geopolitical landscapes. You know, I'm trying to, you know, I'm trying to navigate my own 401k. I'm trying to navigate... You know, where I'm putting my money when the market crashed. I knew where I'd put my money. I bet on all the globalists in 2008 and 2009. You know, I was, I, my tinfoil hat saved me. You know, so it, 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 when you know who the big players are, you, you know how to protect yourself because you got to put your pennies next to their, their dollars. All right, yeah. it's time now for one of my new favorite segments here on the show. <laughs> it's new by the and minute. That, and, this one's and brand spanking new. That, of course, is Rick Delgado <laughs> with what? Having deja vu. It even is that. <laughs> and boy, what a difference a few moments makes as, as well as a few days make. Um, well, Damon, what I'm talking about is this. Probably the biggest and weirdest story in the news right now that has gripped this country since it broke last Friday morning. Of course, I'm talking about the attack of Paul Pelosi. You know, the husband of the Speaker of the House and Democrat lunatic Nancy Pelosi. Good morning. Sunday morning. Yeah. It wasn't a very good Friday morning for her, and I'm sure it wasn't, because uh, for you there, Nance, I mean, just a few months ago, you were probably awoken with the reports from your, your hubby Paul, the greatest stock trader in history, by the way, uh, having a car accident <laughs> after leaving a party. And, and yeah, it just so happened that he was drunk. But of course, he doesn't go to jail. Whatevs. We get it. We know we kind of saw this one coming anyway. But now your good morning wasn't so good because you guessed it. Your hubby Paul was yet again in another altercation. Well, this one has left many with far too many questions that need to be answered, like what even happened and what was that? Yeah. yeah. As we have said here on this show, time and again, violence against anyone is no laughing matter. Whether it's on a city street or in a third world country, being attacked, hurt, or possibly killed is not funny. And, is, uh, and, and to think it's safe, I think it's safe to say we condemn it each and every time we see it. No one deserves to be treated like that. 
But as we said that night, I think we're going to see more details start to come out. And that was a simple result of things like the police statement regarding what happened. Our officers observed Mr. Pelosi and the suspect both holding a hammer. Uh huh. The suspect pulled the hammer away from Mr. Pelosi and violently assaulted him with it. Our officers immediately tackled the suspect, disarmed him, took him into custody, requested emergency backup, and rendered medical aid. Yes. And now between that and the other statements, the news articles, the 911 call, there are so many questions. First off, the police. They had to know whose house this was, right? Nancy and Paul Pelosi are way too high profile, especially in San Francisco. And if he was truly attacked in front of them, why didn't they use deadly force? Or at least, I don't know, maybe tase the guy. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I mean, that's why I think with something like this, we need a special investigator to be Mm -hmm. named and named right quick. Someone, I don't know, who's a real whiz when it comes to getting to the bottom. Uh, No pun intended. Uh, Okay, some pun intended. (laughs) But but like I said, someone to get to the bottom of this case. Can you imagine? Cast your mind. Imagine someone like Columbo. Yeah, imagine Lieutenant Colombo on the case. I could see it now, all those times that he would let the bad guy think, oh, I think I'm in the clear. He always starts to leave, but then he'd stop, and he'd scratch his head, turn around, and come back and say his classic line. Actually, uh, there is one thing. Not that it makes that much difference. Yeah, one more <laughs> thing. Like, I don't know, is it, was there a Subway sandwich involved? What? I gotta ask. Maybe it was a whoredash. I mean, a DoorDash delivery gone wrong. You don't know. But it wouldn't stop there. No, not with Columbo. The questions no. would continue. Things we'd want to know, like... Oh, uh, one thing I almost forgot. Yeah. Uh, like, uh, who opened the door for the police when you were fighting the MAGA nudist gay sex homeless male prostitute? <laughs> yep. I think that one's going to need an answer. Oh, listen, one more thing. It, it just, it just take a second. Yeah, just take a second. Since he was in his tidy whiteies, uh, can you tell me how did he smuggle the hammer into your residence? And, and, and why were you in your underwear too, sir? Yeah. Oh, and are you sure it was a hammer and not a gavel? Yeah. You know, there's only one thing that I'm not clear about. Yeah. Uh, it, wait, it, you want to go to bed? Yeah. Lieutenant, I'm not going to get any sleep anyway. What is it? No. Well, uh, how come on the 911 call you referred to this intruder as your friend David? And, 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 and uh, yeah. how long have you been friends with David? I think that's a good question. Ah, oh, one more thing. Yeah. <laughs> if you could just help me out with this. Yeah. How long have you been using the phrase bathroom break as your safe word? <laughs> and, and, and maybe... Yeah. He'd even try to get Paul Pelosi to ID the guy. You know, oh, listen, one more thing. Yeah, if I may, sir. Uh, <laughs> yes. j- just take a second. If I, I know you can't go down to the station and do a lineup right now, but from these pictures, can you identify your attacker? Was it possibly him? Oh, wait, no, wait. <laughs> that's, that's Mike Rowe uh, with a sword. You probably do that sort of thing on a Tuesday night, not a Thursday. Okay. Yeah. Uh, now, was it him? <laughs> oh, have it time. No, yeah, I guess that's more of a mallet. Okay, now, was it him? Yeah, I didn't think so. Uh, Finally, how how about this one? No? Okay, cross off the Norse god with the hammer. Um, what about him? (laughs) 
Uh, okay, thank you. You see, you see, all those questions and more need to be asked and answered. Why, you say? Simple. Because they, the Democrats, are now using this incident to verify all their lies that more than half the country are violent right-wing extremists, and if they have to sacrifice Paul Pelosi to do it, then so be it. They don't care. That's why we need to know. And, and because Mr. DePay by most accounts, is not a MAGA Trump supporter like the media has leapt to, but he's actually a 42-year-old gay, nudist, homeless, hemp jewelry maker from British Columbia, Canada, an illegal immigrant who overstayed his visa, and who has a radical left-wing girlfriend from Democrat-infested Berkeley, California. Actually, uh, there is one thing. <laughs> not that it makes that much difference. Yeah. Um, by the way, David DePape did not kill himself. Damon, back to you. <laughs> yeah, one more thing. <laughs> All right, Rick Delgado. One more thing. One more thing. One more thing, sir. One more thing. Oh, funny, man. That was great. Thank you. That was that good, was Rick. A rip. I mean, to the crux of your argument, though, it's true. I mean, they're using this to um, distract and. Um, frame and um, put us in a box again as they always do so to the to the crux of the point you're making through the humor is right on the money yep. all right news and sports when we get back we'll stay on paul pelosi for a second daily mail had an interesting piece today and it's a good question talk to you about inflation continues to be a plague on our economy our families and our savings most of all and the irresponsible spending from the left just continues to exacerbate the problem we're going to hear from the federal reserve tomorrow as they raise interest rates again by three quarters of a basis point that's almost a given and the question is what's jerome powell going to say after that to let us know what's going to happen in december and then into the next year as mortgage rates continue to go up, mortgage rates are going to go to 8% after tomorrow. Your credit card debt that you're holding, the percentages on that's going to make it almost untenable to carry credit card debt. Everything else is going to continue to go up. This year, we witnessed almost every kind of negative economic record from empty grocery store shelves to 40-year high inflation. Don't let your savings wither away. And as I've told you that, like a big melting ice cube in the garage and the government keeps turning up the heat. Hedge against inflation with precious metals and gold from our friends at Birch Gold Group. They've made it easy to find out more. All you have to do is text the word America, send it to 989898 and get your free information kit on diversifying into physical gold and silver, all in a tax-sheltered retirement account. With almost 20 years experience converting IRAs and 401ks into precious metals, Birch Gold has helped thousands and they can help you too. And for a limited time, Birch Gold has a special offer. If our Real America's Voice audience purchases gold between now and Black Friday, Birch Gold will send you a free gold bar with your purchase. Good God almighty. So don't allow the left to devalue your savings. Text the word America right now to 989898 and get your free information kit and all the details on how to claim your free gold bar 
when you purchase precious metals from Birch Gold. Secure your future with gold. Text the word America to 989898 and do it today. All right, 19 past the hour. Uh-huh. Sound like the blues. Um, live from Studio 6. God, I sound like an idiot. It's uh, live from Studio 6B. Yeah. Time to- <laughs> <laughs> I like that. I like when he does that. Thank you for that confirmation, Mr. Nolan. Um, I like that. Uh, time to do sports and here with that. <laughs> here to, time to do that is uh, Slick Rick at Slick Rick Sports. What's going on, Slick? Uh-huh. Uh, all right, let's go. Uh, give you an update on the Phillies game there. <laughs> 4 nothing, middle of the fourth. Phillies with a nice lead there. Uh, series tied 1-1. Citizens Bank Park, game three. And Phillies looking to take that swing game 2-1 to one, see where that goes. But uh, four zip, plenty of time left for the Astros to come back, though. And, boy, they can come back with Altuve. They know to rally. And uh, I can see this game going a little bit later. So I, I, I see I see the Astros coming back, making a game of this yet. So that's that. NBA action, Big D. Nets 78-73 over the Bulls. Minute and a half to go in the third. The uh, Warriors right now over the Heat. Speaking of gold, the Golden State Warriors 86-78. And uh, the Magic 66-63 over the Thunder at the half. Shooting down to the Garden NHL action. Rangers and Flyers. Good game. Flyers starting to play a little bit. Zip, zip. And that's with five to go in the third. Senators over the Lightning, two to one. Golden, uh, Golden Knights trail the Capitals, two to one. Wild up, two nothing over the Canadians and Penguins and Bruins tied at two in the second period. Islanders and Blackhawks, no score, two minutes to go in the first period. Get over to a couple of stories, Big D. Britt Brit Reed sentenced three years in prison for Dewey accident, one less than prosecution recommended. This is Dan Wetzel of Yahoo Sports earlier today. Felicia Miller came to a downtown Kansas City court on Tuesday to describe the hell she and her family, most notably her six-year-old daughter, Ariel Young, have been through since former Kansas City Chiefs Assistant coach Britt Reed drove drunk and smashed into their parked car 21 months ago. She wanted to tell the horrors her daughter's two weeks in a coma, the long uncertain rehab, and lingering effects that have left her with everything from physical impairment to being in special education. I understand now the young lady, six years old, being fitted for leg braces. I guess oh. she's nine at this point. That's so the mother was really upset. She was, uh, you know, with with the prosecution. They they had initially it, it called for an eight-year sentence, uh, but it, uh, they were trying to get four. The prosecution, and it was actually pushed to three years. Some are saying he got a little bit of preferential treatment in Kansas City, being the coach, uh, being the coach's son, uh, the great Andy Reid of the Kansas City Chiefs. Not sure, big D, but we know how these things go. Family was very upset, um, and it's been nearly 21 months since Britt Reid hurt us, she closed with, and uh, he did apologize for the first time, but the mother said, to be clear, your apology is not accepted. So, uh, he's going to spend three years. The guy lost a, a good portion of his uh, well, he lost his career with with sports. So, you know, but anyway, the poor young lady shouldn't have to suffer like that. Nine years old, leg braces, and uh, you know, th- although the family did get a settlement from the Kansas City Chiefs for medical expenses and some other monetary expenses. So the Chiefs, because he was drinking on their premises in their training facilities, uh, you know, he hit that. F- By the way, he was traveling eighty four miles an hour when that car hit. So that was very dangerous. Wow. Luckily, nobody got killed. And uh, do I have time for one quick, one more quick one, Big D? 
Sure. Okay. Why Jerry Jones could be fine for blind referee Halloween costume. Does this guy ever learn? You know what? The wrath he's going to bring on this team now. This is Mac Mulski of Yahoo Sports. Jerry Jones could pay the price for his Halloween costume this year. The Dallas Cowboys owner went vile for dressing up as a blind referee over the weekend. A photo of the outfit complete with sunglasses and a walking stick was posted on his niece's Instagram. You can see the picture on the screen. Oh, yeah. I had the cane and everything, Jones told Sports Illustrated on Sunday. And I used it on some people too. While Jones and other people <laughs> on social media may have found it amusing, the NFL might not find it so funny. The league sent the memo to coaches, GMs, team presidents, and chief executives in October 2019, stating that it prohibits the following types of criticism towards officials: comments regarding the quality of officiating, individual calls for missed calls, the league's officiating department, officiating crew, or an individual game <laughs> of official. So obviously, this could be considered as mocking. I hope the NFL takes this as good fun, but some. Something tells me, come playoff time, late January, that ref goes, oh, Jerry oh, Jones, you thought that was is. funny, huh? Come on, players, excuses. Yeah. Listen here, you guys. I don't like the refs. Uh, let me get my tinfoil hat on. No, but uh, anyway. Uh, <laughs> Those damn referees, Slick Rick, I'm going to show them. I don't know. You know, I love the Cowboys. Uh, I got to stand by Jerry. But... Trouble. Come on, that's just good fun. I don't know, Paul. I, I agree, but Paul, you can make fun of a lot of other things. Don't make fun of referees. You're asking well, you for know trouble. What? Don't make fun of blind people, you mean. I mean, if, that, if well, there's going to be somebody, that's an ableist thing. A know, lot of times they go hand in hand with those refs. Yeah, but you know what? I mean, let's face it. He's going he's gonna to be held to account. They're going to fine him an enormous amount of money that he can't, po- he can, can't possibly just have in his pocket at that right. time, right? Right. If they find him a million dollars, he can find it in his oh, couch yeah. cushions. Yeah, yeah basically. Well, <laughs> like loose change. <laughs> I will see. We'll see who the whistleblower is on this one. But anyway, that's a wrap in sports. <laughs> Big D, back to you. <laughs> I'm with Paul on this one. I think that's pretty funny. Good for Jerry for coming up with it and doing it. I mean, come on. Lighten up, Goodell. Good Lord. Aren't we supposed to be having fun? It's Halloween. Life to live. This is an old dress I mean, rehearsal. Really? It is yeah. Halloween. I get you. And the you. refs suck, by the way. They're, they ruin, they're ruining football on every level. They're ruining football on every level. Yeah, you pointed it out the other day when you when you uh, when you tagged us in that tweet with the ref moving the ball. Oh <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, uh, yeah. I, mean, I mean that's high school, well, but that's I mean, still, still, yeah. yeah. Oh, they're ruining. Me. I mean, the Tom Brady, the the the, the protection. Of the, it's like they're ball, like they're ballerinas. Not that there's anything wrong with ballerina. My daughter's. Uh, a beautiful back. ballerina. You're so afraid to say like ballerinas. Think about no, that. No, but I mean they're treating them like ballerinas. I mean it's like you can't tackle like anymore. The refs are flowers. ruining football yeah. on every level. They ruin it in college. They're ruining it in the NFL. So good. I'm yeah. with Jerry. I'm with you, Jerry. I'm with Jerry on this <laughs> one. The refs <laughs> suck. Yeah, hey, they, <laughs> and they are blind. It's flag football in more ways than one. That's for sure. Exactly. Is it time to get out? I don't even know. It's close. All right, live from Studio 6B on a Tuesday. We'll do some news. We'll do some news with Paul Nolan. And we got Crazy Town. I want to talk about Elon Musk over here. People are going haywire. The left is <laughs> losing. I, I just want to talk about that. And I'm enjoying it. Well, I don't trust Musk 100%. Musk is great so far. Yep, He's pushing so far. back. All right, we'll do that. We got Crazy Town coming up. We'll get to some clips. Uh, lots to do on a Tuesday. Glad you're in. Text America to 989898 if you want that free gold bar. Come on.
right, live from Studio 6B. Let's do some news before we do uh, Crazy Town, which has got to be just off the rails today because I saw some of Biden. I mean, I'm surprised it's not 30 minutes long, but uh, I'm sure it's pretty good. So uh, let's do some news, though. And here with the news is Paul Nolan. What's going on, Mr. Nolan? Uh, just so you know, guys, thanks. The, my uh, my getter handle is almost up to 9,000. When I get to 10, Rick Delgado and I are going to start doing tinfoil hat shows full Alex Jones style. <laughs> That's not true. I don't have time for that. No, I don't um, <laughs> so this this is great from Just the News. Um, I find this hysterical. A, co- a coalition of left-wing organizers has reached out to Twitter's top advertisers, urging them to boycott the platform unless new owner Elon Musk commits to enforcing the company's existing content moderation guidelines. <laughs> <laughs> and if they don't get it, they're all going to throw their, their diapers yeah. and rattles all over the yeah. place. So uh, the, the message they wrote said, we, the undersigned organizations, call on you to notify Musk and publicly commit that you will cease all advertising on Twitter globally if he follows through with his plans to undermine brand safety and community standards, including gutting content <laughs> moderation. If we don't uh, 45 this, billion we, we, and it's right. now a private company go to hell how about that that should be his response yeah. so this means that musk must not roll back the basic moderation censorship i should say policies um and uh, that twitter already has on the books and must commit to actually enforcing those rules or else we'll yeah. be very very angry <laughs> we'll write you another letter tersely okay. worded tersely worded yes um yes. Consisting of prominent activist organizations such as the NAACP, the Center for American Progress, GLAD, the Global Project Against Hate and Extremism, the coalition uh, warned that Musk's proposed rollback of Twitter's content moderation would make the platform dangerous. Oh, of course. Oh, of course. I mean, this is just, you can't, I mean, you can't make this goofy. If Elon Musk follows through with just a fraction of what he's already committed to doing, then Twitter will not and cannot be a safe platform for brands. Urgent action is needed by advertisers. This is, uh, this is, uh, it goes on. Elon Musk's takeover of Twitter came with a promise to advertisers like you that the social network would not transform into a free-for-all hellscape and would remain warm and welcoming to all. But beware, Musk's promise is in no way accurately portray his plans for Twitter, nor are they a reflection of the evolving reality of the platform as it transforms by the minute under Musk. Um, I got to be honest with you. I love this. It's so funny. Yeah. They are melting down. Aren't this they? is hysterical. Oh, yeah. Oh, it's they are hysterical. Melting down. This is absolute comedy. You can't. I mean, this is like the Babylon Bee wrote this. I'll tell you this. Uh, the live from Studio 6B Twitter at LFS6B got uh, the quickest 500 followers we've ever gotten in three days. I could t- I'll tell you that for sure. I noticed it. I mean, it, it jumped out at me enough to go, wait a minute, what's how many followers? And I went back and looked in the last couple of days. It's it's picked way up. You know, my wife had a Twitter handle on there, and she put up a video of the hockey players all standing for the anthem when everyone was kneeling. And it got retweeted by uh, Trump and Donald Trump and Jr. and uh, – it had million, millions and millions of views. And, and four days after that, she was blacklisted from, from Twitter. For, and she doesn't really write anything. She just put, hockey players don't kneel for our anthem. And it went viral and immediately kicked off. So wow. 
You know, it's it's it was, it, that's unre- I mean, it's so irrational what they've done over there. So that's why I'm, I'm I just don't go on there. I just I can't. I'm gonna go there to troll. I, I love the fact. Nolan. Yeah, I love the fact that they wrote him a letter, thinking that you know, um, they're uh, what do they have? Maybe a few thousand followers. Um, meanwhile, he's got, according to his you know Twitter page that I'm on, 113.1 million followers. I think. <laughs> I'm just going to throw this out there that if he throws something up, it's going to get more views and more attention than anything they can come to than they can come up with collectively. So advertisers would be smart to be like, I think I'll follow the guy. I don't know. The richest guy in the world with 113 million followers versus these losers. Yeah. Right. Yeah. As if they're going right. to influence Disney or, or Meta. They're, they're going to influence um, these monolithic megacorps. They, they don't care where they advertise as long as it gets views. They, don't, they have no soul, and they can care less about anything. So, um, All right. Well, we, I know you guys um, are very curious about inflation and how it works. So I want you to pay attention now because Joe Biden explained inflation to all Republicans today in Florida. Crazy town. Roll it, G. Well, look, let me start off by saying I love Debbie Wasserman Schultz, one of my best friends in the United States Congress. I I know I don't look it, but I served 36 years in the Congress working with Debbie. She wasn't there nearly that long when I was there. But my point is we became good friends helping me not only pass, but draft and move some of the legislation we're going to talk about today, a couple pieces of it. And uh, I don't have a greater friend in the United States Senate, and I don't have a greater friend when I was vice president, nor as president. So, Debbie, thank you, kiddo. I don't know where you're sitting, but... I don't even know where you're There you are, Debbie. Thank you. Last time I was in Florida was almost a month ago because of Hurricane Ivan. Ivan, Ivan, excuse me. Ivan. FEMA Ivan? has made assistance available in 26 <laughs> counties and will for to provide temporary housing and for the survivors of those six counties. And by the way, this ain't your father's Republican Party. This is a different deal right now. Let me get something clear here. Hold for a second. Let me get something clear. They talk about inflation. You know, we're dealing with it for a whole second. Inflation is a worldwide what? problem right now. <sighs> Because of a war in Iraq and the impact on oil and what excuse me, the war in, in Ukraine. Oh, and uh, thinking of Iraq because that's where my son died. Oh, yeah, uh, because he died. You the, uh, but the point you didn't is, die in Iraq. Uh, you know, that's why it's up. We have the lowest inflation rate of almost any major country in the world. I've released millions of barrels of oil from our strategic petroleum reserve, keeping oh, the price down. It's down about a dollar twenty-five and going down it needs to go more but they talk about inflation all the time and they ask why i call this the inflation reduction act when the price of a gas or a gallon of gasoline went up we talked about it at our kitchen table we weren't poor we were average middle class family we lived in a three-bedroom split level house in a development in a suburban area we we're in a situation where uh, you know we had four kids and a grandpa living with us and uh, but it was we, we weren't poor but well, we didn't have any money. We didn't. Have any we had lots of money. We Thanks again to the Democrats in the, the Congress. And I, you know, I have the bad reputation of Biden's not partisan enough. Well, in this one, I'm partisan <laughs> because a lot of these guys came up to me and women said, you know, basically said, 
not up to me. They can't come up to me in the White House as much when I see them, though, saying, I know you're right, but it cost me in my election. I'd lose a primary if I supported you. Just why do they keep buying their own stock back? That's how the executives get paid. 89% of their salary, I think that's the number, is paid on stock. Well, guess what? If you have 100 shares of stock and you buy back 50, the 50 left are worth more than 100 each one. Same total amount. <laughs> what? And also, they're in fact what just happened? in the pockets of uh, I their shareholders. There's not, fell nothing out here. wrong with that per se, <laughs> unless there's somehow you're ripping people off to get there. It'll go into you. This time it goes into your pockets. If you're a senior veteran on a Medicare drug, on a drug, that another person, because you're VA, another person's on that same drug who's a retired banker or a retired auto worker, guess what? What? The person in the VA, and they deserve it, is paying 54% less for the same exact medicine prescription. Doesn't make any sense. We're going to charge you, I'm making this up, we're going to charge you 10 cents per an aspirin. And they say, no, we're only going to pay five. Well, we're not going to sell it to you. No problem. They're going to lose 50 billion maps, aspirin or whatever the hell they sell. <laughs> but, oh, but, the hell is, guess man. what? Look, chicken butt. That's some, guess well, what? Well, it's important. Chicken butt. And guess what? Well, guess what? Chicken butt. Guess what? Chicken butt. And we, when, we, when, when, we, when Debbie and I passed this law, it included everybody, not just seniors. <laughs> And so what happened was, we said, okay, you know how much it costs to make that insulin drug for diabetes? Cost. It was invented by a man who did not patent it because he wanted it available for everyone. I spoke to him. Okay? Wait, spoke to what? Him. And guess what? I spoke to the guy. Maybe so, anyway. And by the way, Republican <laughs> Congress are telling us that their number one priority if they gain control of the Congress next Tuesday is to repeal, number one, the speaker said, the, 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 leader, the Republican leader said, <laughs> their number one priority is to repeal the Inflation Reduction Act. That also includes all the, all the matters going to save Good hundreds of thousands of dollars for people in terms of their energy bills because they're going to do away with the, the whole issue with regard to weatherization. I That's real money. It, gives, it gets what? even worse. They're coming after Social Security and Medicare in a big way. Every five years, Social Security oh. Medicare would have to be reauthorized. Liar. And this is from the report. I, I, I made it Yeah, larger. we can all see that. That's, that's, that's good. Yeah. Home. I'm, I'm glad you're showing that to us. It doesn't go away. They can cut it. They can change it, basically. I tell you what, I don't know where, as they say, the Southern doesn't know where y'all been. Hot damn, boy. I tell <laughs> what you, the? look. You might not even believe it. Who in the hell do they think they are? Excuse my language. No, I, it's hard to believe. No, I really mean it. It's hard to believe. They're going to increase retirement age for Social Security and shrink benefits. That's, that's what they're moving to do. What's become of us? Yeah, I spent a lot of money doing these things. But guess what? Guess what? I cut the deficit in half. This year alone, $1 trillion reduction, $400 trillion, reducing the debt. Give me a break. Come on. I'm so sick and oh, I shouldn't get going. Come on, man. As my granddaughter oh, come used to say. He hasn't used that one in a you bit. Know, I'm serious. He's breaking out the heavy hitters. He cut the federal deficit in half while no, doing all didn't. this. didn't. How God federal deficits, 31 God trillion. God our troops, and God give some of our Republican friends some enlightenment. Go ahead and re 
do and go ahead and reduce Social Security, <laughs> Medicare. Watch what happens at the cost of living of hardworking Floridians. That's what I call inflation. At the end of the month, what you have left, if you have no money, that's inflation. What's what are you? Oh the goodness. things you need are oh. they going up? <laughs> oh my god most votes ever most votes ever oh man what was that <laughs> when I he turned it to foghorn leghorn there yeah. I, yeah. Said, yeah. I said, yeah. I said boy <laughs> what, what happened there <laughs> I don't know he did his Hillary Clinton hot sauce impersonation or something there Ooh. What God? I I just love the fact that he met the guy. He talked to the guy who invented insulin, insulin, which was discovered, not invented, by a guy who died a year before he was born. That makes sense. But don't worry about it. Don't he talked to him? He channeled him. (laughs) But. But he doesn't want to go into it. We had a conversation, but I don't want to go in. <laughs> My mind's going blank. Stop! <laughs> I shouldn't get going. I cut My the federal deficit by half. Oh, it's only seventeen trillion now. That's nice. <laughs> yeah, it's good to know we're down. Yeah, we're we're down to uh, we're down to fifteen and a half trillion from thirty-one. I guess this Watch idiot. Before we do sports, let's quickly do Is This English. We had multiple choices for Is This English today, and, well, this is the one we picked. Roll it. Well, let's talk about inflation because that's a big concern for voters. What do you think the biggest cause of inflation is, and should the Biden administration be doing more? I I just do. I I think that simply is also, Leah, that's – Talk about the trillions in, in massive tax uh, tax uh, cuts to the corporate uh, tax uh, structure as well. True, you know, trillions of dollars what? that have added to the deficit, and and now they still want to support those as well. True, I think in terms of being very serious about uh, addressing inflation is is making sure that those rates are brought back into a line with what they they should have been, uh, where they're able to. Uh, fight uh, the, 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 the deficit. Wait, 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 wait. All right, wait like I said, we have many, many wait. choices. There you go. You can let me know. If, what's if what, you what's wrong, Paul? Wait. What's I wrong, Paul? You can't follow at all. What? I understood every all word right, of that. Paul I think, wants, I had, I, Paul I think wants I had to hear one more time. fell on my head. That was fine. That was good. <laughs> but I think oh, I have God. another clip where he makes a little more sense. Oh. All right, roll that. What is your message to him as he takes over this giant megaphone that is Twitter? Uh, no, I, I, I just am, am really just a, a, about just saying that, that I, I just want to make sure that we right. use 
your enormous your enormous power to just make sure that you know we don't have the kind of platform where we push those kinds of, of theories right. and i'm just grateful for the opportunity to what? just say that you know given that we have this opportunity uh, you know just using using the platform to to, to really be about a, a force of good did kamala write that lieutenant governor State of Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania voters, hello, come on. Hello? I, I, I almost feel like that guy who goes around asking people questions, and he just goes, yes. Whatever you, it says. You think, whatever that, it says. Yes. You think that's, that's what should be representing <laughs> the fine people of Pennsylvania in the United States Senate? Um, Good Lord. You think the um, Democratic Party using this guy to get power is, is acceptable to you to vote for next, next Tuesday? I mean, this is a joke. And, and and it's I mean, I, I honestly believe that those clips have to be seen because it's exploitation of the highest level from a party that is so devious in what they're doing here. It's almost unexplainable. And as soon as God forbid he was to win, they would throw him to the curb um, and treat him like he should be being treated now, pulling aside and saying, "Listen, take a nap. You have enough. You have enough things to. Why don't you go worry about your health, your family?" And this is not for you. Yeah, it's we got for, this. It doesn't work for anybody. They'll only do that after they've secured power, but they'll exploit him and use them and put him out there to do things like that until that. And it's sick. Absolutely what, sick. What, what's crazy is that, if anything, that's exposing even more to his own base, to the, to the Democrats, because they're the ones watching this garbage, going, yeah, I don't know if I'm going to... Yeah, I'll probably just pass on that one. I won't vote for anybody in that race. I like there's that no Don Lemon. That, there's no way that appearance helps him. I like how Don Lemon figured. Well, if he's wearing a hoodie, I'll just wear a t-shirt. Yeah, right. <laughs> he's dressing down. Crazy, absolutely crazy. All right, let's do some sports before we wrap it up and here with that. Slick Rick, what's going on, Slick Rick? Well, let's get back to Citizens Bank Park, Game Three of the World Series, and the Phillies are cratering the Astros right now, seven nothing in the bottom of the fifth, looking to go up two to one and looking pretty good there. So we'll we'll see if uh, the Astros could have an amazing comeback, but seven zip is going to be tough. When it was four nothing, I thought, all right, maybe we still have a game, but looks like the Phillies are walking it away. And uh, NHL action, good one in the Garden, Rangers one nothing over the Flyers in overtime. Islanders right now up one nothing over the Blackhawks in the second. Kings and Stars tied at one also in the second. Canadians be getting beat by the Wild. Three zip at the end of two. And Penguins over the Bruins 5-3 also in the second period. And while we're riding with Biden, let's get into this story. President Joe Biden takes jab at for ruling fan, Phillies fans. Philadelphia President Joe Biden took his own playful swing at Phillies infamously ornery sports fans, including one real close to home. Phillies fans are the most virulent, uh, obnoxious fans in the world, he said t- uh, Tuesday while campaigning in Florida. What a moron. What a thing to say, right? <laughs> Biden, who grew up in Pennsylvania, made his remarks hours before the Phillies hosted the Astros in Game 3 of the World Series tonight. First Lady Jill Biden... Be- and she's going to be there, you said, to some upcoming game? She's going to be there for game four, probably throughout the first witch. I mean, pitch. Yeah. Did and- you see the clip of um, Did you see the clip of Obama trying to stump for um, candidates uh, in, in the crowd? No. Yeah, the no. kids standing up about the break of World War Three. 
No, the crowd chanting uh, "F Joe Biden," and he couldn't get it. He couldn't get it tamped down. He could not get oh control. Oh my god! Of it. I didn't see that clip. Wow. I saw a kid standing up to him. Outrageous! Oh my god! Outrageous! It's gonna. That's what's gonna happen at uh, Citizens Bank Park uh, tomorrow night. Oh yeah! Well, last time she was there. Yep. Well, the aforementioned First Lady Jill Biden wasn't on the campaign trail with her husband in Florida. She's set to attend Game 4 of the World Series tomorrow night at Citizens Park. Uh, The president often kids about his wife being a Philly girl and her rooting interest in the local teams. Like every Philly fan, she's convinced she knows more about everything in sports than anybody else. Biden joked in September when he hosted the 2021 uh, World Series uh, champion Atlanta Braves. Biden added Tuesday, however, that if if he didn't root for Philadelphia teams, he'd be sleeping alone. Uh, Those are heady times for Philadelphia sports fans. Their Eagles are the only unbeaten team in the NFL. The Philadelphia Union will pay play for the MLS Cup on Saturday. That's a big one. And the Flyers have a winning record in the NHL. And Joel Embiid and the 76ers are still a huge attraction. The Phillies are trying to win their first World Series since 2008 and their third championship overall. And uh, the series tied at one game each with a trip to Biden's White House next season on the line. So who knows the Phillies win this. That ought to be an awfully interesting trip, Big D. So, uh, and that's a rapid sports I don't want to have tonight. So Philly's right now commanding seven zip lead in game three. And uh, well, Astros need to make a comeback tomorrow night. And uh, that'll be great with Joe Biden in the house. We'll be rooting for the Astros for sure. And that's a wrap, Big D. All right, Slick Rick, thanks very much. Uh, Paul Nolan, any other news you want to get to before we wrap it up on a Tuesday here? Uh, I'll just give the headlines. I have a handful of things. Um, but, uh, yeah, for, for one, Brazilian President uh, Bol, uh, Bol, um, Bolsonaro uh, on Tuesday agreed to organize a transition of power after losing Sunday's presidential contest to the left-wing rival uh, Lula. Um, Bolsonaro remained largely silent following the narrow loss. Um, some of his supporters have taken to the streets. I'll try to really paraphrase it, but he said he was asking for people to be peaceful. Peaceful. The fruit of the indignation and the feelings of injustice in the electoral process is why people are acting this way. Peaceful demonstrations will always be welcome, but our methods cannot be those of the left, like property invasion, destruction of goods and restriction on the right to come and go. Um, you know, that's uh, you know really important story because I think this is another example of what we've been seeing across the globe. Uh, analysts from Breitbart analysts moved 10 House races in favor of GOP candidates with one week left. And, um, you know, I, I think that there's uh, well, there's a couple of those, but I'll put it all on my get a page. If you have a couple of clips, we can wrap it up this way. So all right. So one thing I wanted it. to get to, which I haven't haven't gotten to yet, and I'll get into more details tomorrow night. But it is a follow up on the story about the what's going on in the Northeast. And this is in PJ Media today. Biden's diesel fuel crisis worsens. Major fuel company issues new warning. Um, so this is a follow up on what we've already talked about and basically. Uh, continuing, it's not getting any better. And it's seemingly the White House is not taking this seriously whatsoever or has any plans to address it. Um, And this is by the same author, Ryan Ledendecker, uh, in PJ Media, and I'll put this on our social media as well. But again, the, the crux of it is that this is a huge problem in the Northeast and it doesn't seem like the Biden administration or the White House or anybody has any interest in even taking questions on it, certainly don't have any interest in tackling it. And, um, well, we'll get into this more tomorrow night, but I'll put it on our social media. But they list seven things here that are in real danger if this continues on down this road. All right, as always, we salute our military, active and active police, firefighters, first responders, EMTs, everybody on the front lines protecting us. Thanks to everybody on the show. Thanks, G. Thanks, Fran. 
But most of all, thank you live from Studio 6B audience. Enjoy the rest of your night, everybody. We'll see you tomorrow night on a Wednesday, 8 p.m. right here, Real America's Voice.